Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Carr, and tonight, well, first, Happy New Year, and uh, Happy No New War. So, for those of you who may have been paying attention to the news in the last few days here, you may have noticed that there was a whole lot of things going around Twitter with the hashtag of World War III, or Next World War, or all sorts of other crazy things. So what the hell happened? Well, I figure, why don't we just kick off the new year right on into it? Because I figure that while in the background, things are still debating about impeachment or whatnot, let's just get into a little bit of incredibly recent events, shall we? So, back about a week ago or so now, so this is, again, for context, being recorded on January the 9th of 2020. Uh, On January 3rd, very early in the morning, Uh, the United States launched a targeted drone strike into Iraq uh, to kill an Iranian general. Now, that Iranian general, uh, Qasim Soleimani, was the head of the the Iranian special forces uh, called the Quds Force. Uh, They're sort of their their special forces slash intelligence arm for uh, the Islamic Republic of Iran. Now, I just want to put out right off the bat, this is not a nice man, at least by Western standards. I'm sure there's some folks in Iran who love him. But basically, this is a guy who, since he took up his position in the Iranian government, has been instrumental in shoring up uh, insurgent activity, supplying uh, terrorist groups, supplying uh, all sorts of militias or paramilitaries all over the Middle East. Um, he has been responsible directly or in, well indirectly for the deaths of hundreds of Western soldiers, including Canadians. Now, where things get really fuzzy real quick is again is that the United States is not at war with Iran. Even after all this happened, there is still not a diplomatic state of war that exists between those two countries. Now, this is very different from carrying out drone strikes to kill you know, terrorist leaders, like like the lead of the Islamic State or or ISIS or ISIL, depending on your acronym that you like to use this week. This is not like sending in a special forces team to kill Osama bin Laden. This was a a state-sanctioned, presidentially sanctioned assassination of a leading member of another country's government and military. So right away, Legally, this has sort of been in a gray area since this happened. Now, this guy has been in the crosshairs of the previous two American presidents as well, and neither of them decided to take the shot, probably in part because of, again, the whole, hey, this is a flag officer in another country's military. And as you've probably noticed with all the other hubbub going on around Russia and things like that is countries don't take too kindly to when you assassinate their public officials. I don't think we'd take too kindly to it either. So this all occurred again in the early morning, at least early morning for us, on January 3rd, when the general who was visiting Iraq uh, to meet with various Iran-backed militias in that country got obliterated by an American missile. And again, the Americans didn't try and hide it. They publicly said, yep, that was us. He deserved to die. And they were citing imminent threats to the United States. So that leads up, leads up to then Iran vowing incredible amounts of revenge, again, as one might expect when one of your generals gets killed by another country, not just by a terrorist strike or something like that. 
And then, of course, that immediately counter uh, escalated in that saying that Trump had said that they had had targeted, uh, you know, a whole bunch of different sites, including major cultural sites all over Iran, and that if all they had to do was push the button and these things would just be wiped off the face of the earth. So I feel like before we go further into sort of what's happened since then, I just want to give a little bit of sort of historical context. Nowadays, whenever we think of the country of Iran, right, a lot of the times the thing that gets conjured up is this crazy, hyper-religious, uh, hyper-theocratic, uh, Islamic, Sharia law, you know, ladies only wear burqas, and the men have all the power, very much like Saudi Arabia. Now, I feel like it's very important to point out that has not always been the case. Uh, Iran, in its current iteration, sort of came out of the, the Islamic Revolution back in 1979, in no small part because of the Americans and the British not being too happy about the king or the, the Shah, as he was called of Iran at the time, deciding that maybe Iran actually wants to keep some of the profits from all of their massive oil reserves. Sound a little familiar? So without going too much into it, because believe me, this is a conversation that I could take up several of my segments on, is... The attempts for the Americans and for the British and the other Western powers to keep the Shah from basically trying to improve the lives of his own citizens at the expense of, you know, Western profits um, ended up facing a counter-revolution within his own country. The Islamic Republic takes over and now you have the Ayatollahs and, and sort of the way that people think of Iran more modernly today. Now, before that, it's also, I think, very important to point out that Iran used to be known by another name. Persia. Tehran and Iran and uh, cities like Susa and Persepolis and things like that. Like, again, these are names that you hear in antiquity. These are cities that Alexander the fucking great fought over. Iran and before it Persia is an incredibly old country. The Persian Empire was probably only dwarfed by the Roman Empire when it came around a few hundred years later. And a lot of those cultural sites and those uh, places of heritage that President Trump threatened to annihilate uh, if Iran dared to retaliate, you know, for having one of their own leaders assassinated. Um, I think that would be just a loss for humanity in general if those things were to get blown up. Because, again, we are talking about a truly ancient part of the world here. And it's something that I always just kind of have to point out to folks, right? Now, th since then, things were looking like it was about to boil over into an open war because, again, Iran did retaliate, uh, or at least in the method of at least being able to show so or save some face by launching missile strikes at Iraqi air bases that were housing American troops. Now, it is very important to also point out that in those attacks, no Americans were killed. I have not been able to find a definitive word on whether or not any Iraqis were killed. Either way, Trump then stood up and, and it looked like it was about to be, again, World War III, although really, let's be quite honest, is I honestly am still not sure if China or Russia would truly get involved in a shooting war over Iran, but you know. Anyway, the other important thing to point out too is that, of course, if your gas has gone up in all this, I'm sorry, because of course, again, the uh, country of Iran borders a very large strip of a very, very important waterway called the Persian Gulf. Uh, again, you see where the game name comes from. 
uh, as well as the Straits of Hormuz, which is a very tiny passage between the uh, Arabian Peninsula, so where basically Saudi Arabia is, uh, and then Iran. And again, there's always been sort of little pot shots taken here and there already in that stretch of water, and a vast amount of the world's oil supplies get shipped through that strait. So again, you can see how this is making things with the whole price of oil a little bit nervous. So missiles start flying. Trump again, of course, starts to threaten retaliation. And then at the last moment, it seems like we've been able to pull back from the brink. And I don't know if maybe somebody finally managed to convince uh, Herr Trump that this was a bad idea or that he came to his own senses that maybe it just wasn't worth it. But as it stands right now, um, the United States has just reaffirmed that they are going to crank up the sanctions even more. You know, the sanctions that go went back in place after Trump backed out of the uh, Iran nuclear arms treaty last year, the one that Obama put into place, because, you know, why not get rid of it? Obama put it into place. It must be bad. So now the really unfortunate is this whole thing didn't quite finish there because later or yesterday morning, uh, an airliner that was leaving Tehran. So the capital of, of Iran for Kiev, and then to go on to make other connections, um, was going through a routine takeoff and then suddenly dropped out of the sky. Uh, any of the preliminary reports looked like there had been no initial engine troubles. The plane hadn't been having problems. And then it just dropped off the radar and then slammed into a soccer field in the suburbs of Tehran. Now, initially, um, people were very hesitant to say what had actually happened. They were still investigating. Uh, Iran very oddly uh, initially refused to hand over the black box. And I, to, at least as of this recording, they have still refused to actually hand over that black box to Americans or European authorities because the plane that was shot down was a Ukrainian airlines uh, aircraft, uh, an airline, which by the way, has had an incredibly good safety record on an aircraft that has an incredibly good safety record. But in all this, it's just started to come to light just in the last few hours here that it's looking pretty likely that the aircraft was accidentally shot down by the Iranian military. And given the things that have been going on in the last week, I can't exactly blame their air defenses for being kind of on high alert. Now, one of the little quirks here is that this flight was actually about an hour delayed taking off. And so that may have created a problem with their military that I'm sure they have a chart of when planes are supposed to be taking off and, and everything like that to help identify, uh, you know, aircraft. Um, and they may, it may be something as simple as they didn't get the memo. The plane took off late. What makes this even more tragic is that there wasn't even a single American aboard. In fact, the vast majority of the people that were on board that flight were Canadians coming home from Iran or coming to visit family here in Canada. Uh, from what I've been hearing is more than 30 alone of the, of the 138 passengers on that plane were Edmontonian, no less. And so it's just gutted the Iranian community uh, in that city in one tragic shot. So before anyone starts cheering, you know, oh yeah, hello, let's go to war. Let's just, so far the first casualties in this thing has been one asshole general who's been stoking up uh, rebellions all over the place for the last 15 years. And then a bunch of innocent people that were just coming back from their holidays. So can we please continue on with this year a little bit better than it started, please? Just my thoughts. I know that's a little bit of a depressing start to the year, but Jesus. 
So here's hoping again that cooler heads may actually prevail or at least be able to shout over Trump loud enough that things are able to come down from this bubbling off point. But I am going to, of course, keep an eye on it. And of course, I'm sure every other news agency around. But I figured I'd wanted to just jump on and give a little bit of a summary to maybe who those who hadn't had the chance to catch up. But other than that, that's sort of all the kind of my thoughts on that and what's been going on. Of course, we're probably going to have more crazy news with impeachments and everything like that in the next couple of weeks. So I'm sure I will have no lack of material whatsoever. But other than that, thank you very much for listening. Of course, as always, questions, comments, etc. to the Us at Unfurled inbox or, of course, over the Telegram channel. But my name is Carr. Enjoy the rest of Unfurled. <laughs>